Yeah, this is a long one. Try and read okay. through it. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sweet. God damn. Sweet. I'm making coffee. Yeah, it's yeah. pinned. It's pinned, Mario. Good stuff. Good stuff. Should get more people in here, too. Let's go. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. For sure. I was really hoping to do a space on the Pelosi body cam footage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Wait, is, is that out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check my uh, check my tweet. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So, uh, l- uh, tell me about it. Let's, let's talk about it for a sec while we get more people. Well, it creates a lot more questions than was... it does answers. I'll tell you that much. Okay. okay. <laughs> it, saying, Jim? What it does confirm is, is that uh, Pelosi was half-dressed. So yep. that was kind of interesting. They they came up to the mm-hmm. door when they opened it. He truly was holding the Pelosi was holding the uh, hammer, the hand of the guy who had a hammer. And then when the police started to walk in, then the guy lifted it up and hit him. Well, the they, the, the dude also looks like he has. Uh, I mean, just speculating. You know, he's got a drink in his hand. I don't know what kind of drink it is. But, but there is a drink in his hand, which is a little weird. If somebody breaks into your house, the first thing I'm I'm going for is probably not, you know, whatever I'm drinking. Yep. So, no, it's going to be something else. It's going to be I don't know. If a guy broke into my house, I I think he'd have a knife or something. Or gun. gun, yeah, yeah, or a bat. You know, like any weapon, not a drink in his hand. <laughs> right, weird. Like so, the all the uh, you know those articles about how you know Paul Pelosi was having this weird affair with this man. This they're probably true. Either that or it's a sort of male stripper. I don't know. Just speculate. Maybe Brian has some answers for us. Brian, I I don't really. I I watched it. Um, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what you think. Is it a little Um, weird? It it was. It was definitely sudden. Like it, it wasn't. It wasn't something that I was expecting to see. Like, like the I didn't realize that it happened in that way. Like the police were at the door and like watched it uh-huh. all. Yep. That that part was in the police report, but they they still haven't released much information at all. So. Oh shoot! It looks like Taibi dumped it all out already. Wow. Yep. yep. Like yeah, it's there. long. Ian's going to be speaking for a while. Not that you don't yeah. already speak a lot. And, and I want to say for the record, we enjoy it when he, when Ian speaks for so long. Yeah. I don't talk too much nowadays. But yeah, let's, let's go. Let's get more people in here. Um, adding Kat, uh, Catherine, sorry. She doesn't like being called Cat. Uh, fidgetal. He's adding folks. Yep, they're connecting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave room for one in. No dead, no dead air, guys. Speak. What's the... Nick, have you, have you started reading through it, Nick? Uh, briefly, yes. What's it about? What's it about? What's a... What's it about? Yeah, what's, what's it about, man? Uh, there's not much of an overview yet. I'm four tweets in, so. 
I was. No. I, I, okay. I'm, I'm trying to read through the actual emails too. So I think it's, it's about Hamilton '68. It's something about Hamilton '68 because he uh, he had been reaching out to a bunch of people who are listed on there. Um, yeah, I mean yeah. it's about the Russian stuff again, but I don't know. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's Hamilton '68. Is you know it's an intelligence organization. Um, you know it's it's a think tank. Nice. I believe that's what it's about. So that's fascinating. I'm going to put on headphones. Looks like Yol Roth pushing back again, interestingly. Yeah, the man in the hard place. Just opening up. Well, everyone listening, things. we're going to kick it off shortly. You can click on the pinned tweet at the top. Yep. To read through it, just giving a few more minutes for everyone else to join, and then we'll kick it off. That's right. <clears throat> We're all going to remember the name Alliance for Securing Democracy after this one. <laughs> I love I love that, you know, Alliance for Securing Democracy. You know, democracy is like a dirty word now. It should be. It should be. Well, they uh, painted you, it. You, you know, uh, you, it, it, anyone that looks at my Twitter profile sees the picture I have on my background, which was an interesting picture I took. Uh, I lived in Colorado Springs at the time, and and the, the roads are still yeah. there, but the sign's gone. So it's got democracy in the arrow points left, democracy place, and then Republic Boulevard or whatever, pointing right, and then there's a right turn arrow. Like, you know, dem- democracy's in my mind an illegitimate form of government. It's republic that I stand for. But anyway, that's I always think through these things like that. People DMing me for requests up. I don't see there any requests at all. Yeah, so if anyone wants to request up, just uh, DM DM me and the team will be checking it. That's the best way to get up. Just send through a DM and give us a reason. on on If you've never been on stage before and we don't know you, just give us a reason why you'd like to come up because we do get a lot of requests. But I wasn't expecting a Twitter files drop for, uh, uh, for a while yeah. because um, the Fauci files will be next month. So I thought we we're gonna get a bit of a break, but uh... yep. Mm, apparently not. Apparently not. More rest for the wicked. Yep. Well, I don't know if you heard that, Catherine, but we literally woke Mario yeah, up. Yeah, so there is literally no <laughs> yeah, but... rest. Oh, that's yeah. why he's yawning. <laughs> I literally called him. I yeah, called so him who was called him? Yeah, Ian, Ian, Ian was the first, and my team member Carlos was the second, and then Jim was the third. Like one after the, I hang up on one, the other one comes in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I tried to call you, so I, I, I think we maybe, all tried at the same time. Might be catching you or whatever, but yeah, Ian was quick. It's like hitting snooze. These guys don't snooze. I did get my first haircut, like finally had time for a haircut yesterday. And first time in the chief. Oh, wow. Five weeks. So I look like a human again. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I'm... It's like we've all been stuck in our homes <laughs> trying to... Yeah, but, and no, but you guys you guys are all in the US. I need another couple of weeks before I'm, I'm with you guys. So that means I'm trying to work your hours, living not in the US. That means I wake up at... Now it's what? 10 p.m.? <laughs> so, um, yep. I, it, it, Mario, I lived that life when I was doing business in India. Like, it was exactly the same thing. Oh, it's up ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, it I despise it. But at least I stay up till, uh, like, I went to bed 2 p.m. So I get to see sunlight in the morning before going to bed. So I still get to see it, but not the same time as, as everyone else in this country. Uh, how long do you want to give it another, Ian? Maybe another one minute and then we kick it off? Give it a minute, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's give it a minute. My uh, my watch is telling me I need to stand up. But by the interest, like I've been walking around all day. What the hell? Yeah, really. Hey, by interestingly, it's going to be fun to see some of the anti-Trump, the the never Trumper crowd in on all this too. How interesting! Mm-hmm. I think we've got a scheduled space today. By the way, we've got a space. Um... Seven o'clock. Okay, so two hours. Yeah. Might have to delay that one. We'll see. No, oh, no not no, two no. hours. Six oh, hours. Six hours. Seven, Perfect. Six hours. Plenty of time. Is that the uh, that's the uh, Project Veritas one? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. So it's a good thing you got your haircut because it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me know when you want to start. Uh, it open. Yeah, I think we're ready to go. So just for the audience members, I'm going to pin the newsletter above so you could uh, start subscribing to that. Uh, give, it, give it a second, I'll pin it above. And then you can pin the Twitter files right after, Ian, when you start. And so I'm just going to do that right now. Mm-hmm. I'll also re- retweet it on my account so it's easy for you guys to see it. So I've just retweeted the newsletter. Uh, that's number one for the audience. Number two is make mm-hmm. sure you ask your questions or give us your feedback. If you're already reading the Twitter files, um, the drop today, give us your feedback in the comments, bottom right corner. Um, oh, Catherine's trying to come up. Oh, perfect. You brought her up. Yeah, so bottom right corner. Uh, do give us your, your thoughts, your questions. We do go through them, especially myself, throughout the space. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, we can read them out. But I think we're, let me see if we're ready. Let me check with my team. Let's see if everyone else is up and going. Man, you can almost call this the uh, uh, Mockingbird. What what are we expecting from these files exactly? What's the drop on these? Uh, Hamilton 68. Hamilton 68. What's the context of that? I'm not familiar with that as much. They were the 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 what was think tank that told Twitter. Well, they didn't tell Twitter. It's more like they told the media that they had found Russian uh, operatives on Twitter, you know, thousands of them. But clearly, it was a bunch of BS. Okay, so we're talking like cyber influence, interference, digital. Yeah. Like, okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they were they, they were the ones that gave uh, the media. Uh, you know, everybody was quoting them. The 2,800 Russian disinformation operatives on Twitter have been located, right? But there's no actual evidence. And so Matt Taibbi is going through them, and he has been doing this research uh, at least for a couple of weeks now. To my knowledge, he's been asking around for Hamilton 68. Some people I know who are 
somewhat connected to the situation or brief me on that? Uh, are we just going to not talk about Project Veritas in this room then? <laughs> I saw you going to no, yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Ian's, Ian's on, on that one like uh, like a kid to candy, aren't you, yeah. mate? No, absolutely. It's a big deal. All right, Ian, are you ready to kick it off? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so, thread. Twitter files number 15. Move over, Jason Blair. Twitter files expose next great media fraud. Yes, very interesting title. Number two. I think, this is a quote. I think we just need to call out the bullshit on uh, that it is, yeah. And it's an email from Yoel Roth regarding the Hamilton 68 account list. And then he says in this email, yes, exactly. It's so weird and self-selecting. And they're so unwilling to be transparent and defend their selection that I uh, think we need to just call this out on the bullshit it is. So to give uh, some context as to what exactly this is, um, in the previous Twitter files drop, they were talking to the, uh, what do you call it, the state, the state department, which was trying to get them to ban people and censor people. And they were citing Hamilton 68 as the uh, source of their information, right? And they gave them a bunch of names on the accounts and Yul Roth says a bunch of bullshit. So number two, sorry, number three, uh, quote, falsely accuses a bunch of legitimate right-leaning accounts of being Russian bots. And so this is another email uh, from Yul Roth. It's regarding the hashtag Schumer shutdown and he sees these escalations, Nick Pickles and himself. And he writes, hey, uh, blank name. Unlike hashtag release the memo, this one is primarily being driven by data from Hamilton 68. I'll do another sweep for spam shortly, but as of yesterday, uh, this looked like the right-leaning hashtag about the shutdown, which only got the label of Russian because the Hamilton dashboard falsely accuses a bunch of legitimate right-leaning accounts of being Russian bots. How we publicly push back on Hamilton is the bigger question, but I don't think there's anything too noteworthy yeah, about this before, beyond that. Before you continue as well, context, can you just give an overview for, I know you just briefly mentioned it, Hamilton 68 for the audience that hasn't keeping up with the files? Yep. Right, so uh, Hamilton 68 is a think tank that has been producing research for the media, which the media often cites, uh, uh, claiming that they have found Russian bots on Twitter. Now, the thing about the, this Hamilton 68 is that it's not transparent in its methodology, so we have no idea how they decided that people were Russian bots. They simply said that these accounts are all Russian bots, and we're just expected to take it at face value. And as Joel Roth himself says, that a lot of the accounts that were tagged by Hamilton 68 are in fact simply right-leaning accounts. They're not. Uh, there's no indication whatsoever that there are foreign actors or Russians in any way or form whatsoever. Unfortunately, the media just simply ran with the stories without vetting the Hamilton 68's methodology or, you know, its sources at all. Uh, and, and, and that, you know, was pursued by Adam Schiff in Congress, who cited these media reports as evidence that Twitter was full of Russian bots and that's why they needed to be censored. So there, there was what, you know, you call it a, a jawbone where the media, the, um, the, the, the State Department, as well as Congress, would all pile in on a single entity, and in this case, Twitter, and try to get them to do something. So, I shall continue. Number four, virtually any conclusion drawn from will take conversations in conservative circles on Twitter and accuse them of being Russian. So, I'll read the whole email here. It's regarding Hamilton 68, from Yul Roth to Nick Pickles and Carlos Monje and a bunch of other people at Twitter. He writes, Carlos, hi, Blank name. 
We produce an extensive description of these accounts during Project Osprey, available here. He links to something. The findings were generally that uh, these accounts are neither strongly Russian nor strongly bots. They're generally right-leaning users. Virtually any conclusion drawn from it will take conversations in conservative circles on Twitter and accuse them of being Russian. The bot check people use a, a sorry. The bot check people use a, a similarly flawed methodology. So the bot check, um, you know, there's like a website that you can see if somebody's got a bot, you know, like if he's being followed by bots. That's not properly done. That's just a bunch of bullshit, right? It's it's not tapping into Twitter to decide if a person's actually a bot. There's a there's actually I forget the name of the app, but the guy who runs it is trying to get a bunch of right wing influencers um, deplatformed on YouTube right now. Forget the guy's name. I'm sure some people in the audience might know. But essentially, the, the way it checks for bots or scans for bots is not really accurate at all. It's just nonsense. It's just guess, guesswork. So he writes, in terms of substance, this is truly a nothing burger. It's just a problem of journalists continuing to lean on deeply flawed tools pushed by people looking to capitalize on the bot media frenzy. But to try to allow us to get ahead of some of the Hamilton 68 nonsense... I'm working on our own internal version of it. You can view it here. He links to something. He says, DS colleagues, please feel free to uh, add new things that you may be interested in the dashboard. So dashboard colleagues, I guess. Uh, the Hamilton accounts are all in Presto. Presto is uh, some sort of app that they use. Interestingly, uh, there are already some discrepancies between the hashtags they tout on their site and the ones we're seeing in our own data. Certain hashtags like hashtag Israel and hashtag Trump appear to be completely blacklisted from the Hamilton dashboard. These and other inconsistencies, coupled with a total lack of transparency from the GMF team about their methods, point to a major unmet opportunity to try and educate our communications and government partners about the flaws uh, with tools like Hamilton. Nick, uh, you should help advise uh, on that, Yule. So that was number four. Number five. These are all quotes by Twitter executives about Hamilton 68, a digital dashboard that claimed to track Russian influence and was the source of hundreds, if not thousands, of mainstream print and TV news stories in the Trump years. One of the articles is, uh, uh, this is from what the Alliance for Securing Democracy. This is the GMF that he was referred to. And uh, this is an article from uh, August 2, 2017. The title is Hamilton 68, a new tool to track Russian disinformation on Twitter. So this is something that they're working on. The GMF is uh, is basically Hamilton 68, uh, to my understanding. I might be mistaken, but I think that's the case. The Hamilton 68 is the name of the dashboard. It's made by the GMF. Yeah. So Matt writes, uh, this is number six. The dashboard was headed by a former FBI counterintelligence official and current MSNBC contributor, Clint Watts, and funded by a neoliberal think tank called the Alliance for Securing Democracy. Right. So, yeah, that's exactly what I just said. Um, number seven. The uh, Alliance for Securing Democracy Advisory Council includes neocon writer uh, uh, Bill Kristol, of course, the former ambassador to Russia, Michael McFall. Now, if you're not familiar with Michael McFall, he's a guy constantly saying that Putin's probably going to get assassinated or that Russia's failing, that Russia's losing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like the guy just promotes anti-Russian disinformation, right? You can fact check his stuff and find that a lot of it is just BS. Um, and then there's ex-Hillary uh, for American chief John Podesta. Yes, that John Podesta. He's also part of uh, uh, this group, the uh, Alliance for Securing Democracy, as well as the uh, former. Sorry, you were saying something? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say he was the former chairman of the uh, Hillary Clinton campaign for president. That's right. Yeah, that, that, that sure John Podesta. That. Yep. And then the uh, former heads of, or deputy heads of the CIA, NSA, and the uh, Department of Homeland Security. I shall read their names. Is 
Mike Chertoff, Tumas Ilves, uh, David Kramer, so Bill Crystal, Michael McFall, Michael Morel, Anna Palacio, and John Podesta. What number, That's, uh, what num- what this, number is uh, this sheet? outlet? Number seven. All right. number seven. This is number seven. You can actually see the screenshot of all the people who are uh, part of the uh, advisory council for the ASD. That's the Alliance for Securing Democracy. They're the ones who produced Hamilton 68, which is a dashboard that purports to identify and locate Russian disinformation campaigns and agents on social media. Now, uh, according to Twitter itself, Yul Ross says that none of the, you know, none of the people they identified are actually Russian. They're simply right-wing accounts. So it's, it's, it's funny when, you know, somebody gets accused of being a Russian disinformation agent when they're literally just a Trump supporter or a DeSantis you know, supporter. Strategically, that's like that. a smart strategy. Create a, create a, a, an organization, yep. call it something sexy and just start pointing fingers at Russian disinformation, putting Twitter in a tough spot to take action. Um, do you think they intentionally, do you think they intentionally, right. they knew that, were they just incompetent or they knew uh, that these were not Russian disinformation accounts? What's your, what's your opinion on this? I would say it's a combination of both. I would say it's a combination of both. Uh, a lot of it is preconceived True. bias. So they kind of assume that any conservative who was promoting anti-woke um, talking points or uh, pro-Trump talking points must have been a Russian because there's <laughs> no way any American supports this, right? That is basically the point of view of these people. And so therefore, I would suggest, you know, I don't have evidence of this, but I would suggest that their methodology is completely flawed. They see somebody tweeting about Trump, they think, oh, he must be a Russian bot because there's no way, there's just no way he's an actual supporter of Trump. Really right, let's continue. Let's continue Del- going Del- through. Del- so we're number eight, and I just want to yep. welcome Tracy. It's been a while. We haven't had you on stage, and I got Tracy, Tr- uh, Justin hey, Tracy. as well. All right, guys. Let's let's keep going through this, yep. and then we'll start right. discussing so, it. Go ahead, man. I'll continue. Yeah, it's long. Yeah, so number eight, uh, out, news outlets for years cited Watts and Hamilton 68 when claiming Russian bots were amplifying an endless parade of social media causes, such as uh, when people, you know, conservatives are against the strikes in Syria. That was when Donald Trump attacked Syria. A lot of conservatives are opposed to it, right? Even supporters of Donald Trump are opposed to it. Uh, in support of Fox News host, Laura Ingram. Huh, weird. Like, oh, she's fine. What? Okay. Uh, and the campaigns of both Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. So you supported Bernie Sanders, you're a Russian bot. Right? This is a Democratic talking point, a Democrat talking point, that if you support either Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders, you must be a bad person. And uh, uh, they cite four articles here as an example, uh, one from MSNBC, where it says, uh, one tiny corner of the U.S. government pushes back against Russian disinformation. And then they write about some group called Polygraph, the part of the U.S. government to counter the Russian propaganda machine. You wonder what that is. Another article from the Washington Post, written by Amanda Erickson, reads, Russia-linked accounts are tweeting their support for embattled Fox News host Laura Ingram. Why would why would Russia care about Laura Ingram? I don't know. Uh, Political magazine writes uh, the Russian bots are coming. This bipartisan duo is on it. Jamie Fly and Laura Rosenberger crossed party lines to track the Kremlin propaganda campaign. Tweeters on the far right and far left aren't happy about it. It's, it's typical. They, they they lump everybody in together. You must be a Russian if you support Bernie. And another one from the Securing Democracy Dispatch is a special edition about the Mueller indictment. And, of course, it cites the findings of Clint Watts, who is, of course, Hamilton 68. And uh, they said that anyone who is criticizing Hillary and supporting Bernie Sanders or Trump must be a Russian bot. And that the Russians are behind any sort of pro-Bernie campaign or any kind of uh, pro-Trump campaign. So, number nine. Hamilton 68 was the source for stories claiming Russian bots pushed terms like deep state 
or hashtag. So you say the term deep state, oh, you're a Russian bot, right? Uh, so Luis Mensch calls everybody a Russian bot. Or hashtags like uh, hashtag fire McMaster, hashtag Schumer shutdown, hashtag walk away. So if you can get Brandon Straka in here, that'd be fantastic. You know, he's the leader of the walk away campaign. You know, he's a great guy. I'll message him. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, send him a message. Yeah, get him in here. Basically, they said that he was a Russian disinformation bot. That's very interesting. No, he's not, obviously. Hashtag release the memo, hashtag Alabama Senate race, and hell, uh, hashtag Parkland shooting, among many others. And he cites more articles here. One is a fast company where it says, Hashtag Fire McMaster, not the more. Uh, Twitter bots are thriving and they're more lethal than ever. That's from Fast Company. Another one is from CNN, where it says Russian bots are using hashtag walk away to try and wound the Democrats in midterms. Um, crazy stuff. Uh, Politico writes, Russia pushes more deep state hashtags. So you just talked about the deep state. Well, you're a Russian bot now. Mother Jones. Yeah, even they fell for it, despite being on the left, far left, I would say. They're saying Russian propagandists are pushing for Roy Moore to win. So you uh, supported Roy Moore against the uh, the Democrat? Well, you're a Russian bot. Sorry. Number 10. The secret ingredient to Hamilton 68's analytical method? Well, here's a list. Uh, our an- analysis has linked 600 Twitter accounts to Russian influence activities online, was how the site put it at launch. And there's a screenshot of a Hamilton 68 dashboard and how they did the uh, their work. So... Uh, this is by J.M. Berger and Laura Rosenberger, who write that in the Federalist Papers, number 68, Alexander Hamilton wrote of protecting America's electoral process from foreign meddling. Today, we face foreign interference of a type Hamilton could have scarcely have imagined. And Hamilton 68 dashboard, a project with the uh, Alliance for Securing Democracy and the German Marshall Fund for the United States, seeks to expose the effects of online influence networks and inform the public of themes and content being promoted to Americans uh, through a near real-time look at Russian propaganda and disinformation efforts online. And uh, one of the things that he has highlighted that says here, the way they did it is like our analysis has linked 600 uh, Twitter accounts to Russian influence activities online. They don't really go into much detail beyond that besides showing like hashtag numbers. Uh, So number 11, Hamilton 68 never released any list, right? Despite claiming that the Russians are simply shut the accounts down. Like, so they, they have an excuse for everything. They'll say, oh, we, well, we can't really release a list. The, uh, the Russians already shut it down. They're so smart. They're sneaky. They're ahead of us. Uh, all those reporters and TV personalities making claims about Russian bots never really knew what they were describing. So those, those are actual names, right? They didn't actually name anybody. They just named a few hashtags. And so here's a screenshot for from uh, number 11 where he... Uh, Quotes an article where it says, "For what it's worth, uh, what it's worth, Rosenberg and Fly disclose their methodology on their website and say they can't reveal the list of 600 accounts they are following, or the Russians will simply shut them down." Other researchers of whom I've spoken say the tweets and messages found by Hamilton 68 certainly are consistent with what we've seen from Russian-linked accounts. Rosenberger, who spent years in the Obama White House and the State Department, laughs at the idea that she is a neocon plant. And though it's true that their advisory board contains both liberal Russia experts like former Obama ambassador to uh, Moscow, Mike McFall, as well as a favorite uh, Greenwald Betois, uh, the original neocon Bill Crystal. Goofy. Number 12. Twitter executives were in a unique position to recreate Hamilton's list, reverse engineering it from the site's requests for Twitter data. Concerned about the deluge of Hamilton-based news stories, they did so, and what they found shocked them. Okay, interesting. So here's an email that Yul Roth wrote. I found their API key, which is a mysterious art I can't quite describe. Uh, so he actually managed to like uh, hack them, kind of, like what they were using to trawl through Twitter's data. He figured it out. He's a smart guy. And he said, uh, and I looked at all of uh, which their user IDs they were passing as parameters to the user timeline endpoint. So that's how he did it. And somebody asked him, 
this. Curious, what's the methodology for reverse engineering the accounts? Uh, and, sorry, 644 accounts. And then Yul Roth uh, replied, he says, at long last, I've been able to reverse engineer the list of accounts behind the Hamilton 68 dashboard. The securing democracy people have never been willing to release the list to anyone. The full list is here and he links to a Google Docs. I, I doubt it's active anymore. And then he gives a TLDR, which is a too long, did read, a quick explanation. Well, the dashboard uh, includes 648 accounts as opposed to the 600 they claim. And the selection of accounts is bizarre and seemingly quite arbitrary. They appear to be uh, strongly preference pro-Trump accounts, which they use to assert that Russia is expressing a preference for Trump, even though there's no good evidence at all that any of the accounts they selected or are not uh, are, are or are not actually Russian. So let's discuss uh, a strategy for how we want to use this information. I think it can help us refute a lot of thinking in DC uh, based around the dashboard. So he, basically, they just selected six six hundred accounts at random who happen to be pro-Trump. That's how those are the Russian bots. That's how they decided these guys were Russian. So uh, according to Taibi, these accounts, they concluded, are neither strongly Russian nor strongly bots. No evidence to support the statement that the dashboard is a finger on the pulse of Russian information ops, partly illuminating massive influence operations. There's a bunch of quotes from this email, which I shall read as follows. Uh, the first one is the one I read earlier. And the second email, uh, it says, here's the methodology. It looks like they picked 600 accounts that they believe are aligned with Russia and then check what they treat. And then somebody else asks, uh, Dell or Yol, uh, Dell is uh, one of the other executives, uh, says, do you have any ideas on this? And Nick Pickles replies, uh, thanks, I've not discussed them, but having looked at it, the sample list set looks pretty small. It looks like the most shared domain is only being shared 138 times in 48 hours, and the most shared URLs are 38 times in 48 hours. It's hardly illuminating a massive influence operations. It's just a bunch of random people, really, just uh, tweeting random links. That's it. That's nothing untoward about it. So in layman's terms, uh, might try to be explained. The Hamilton 68 barely had any Russians. In fact, apart from a few RT accounts, right, that's uh, Russia Today, it's mostly full of ordinary Americans, Canadians, and British. Um, it was a scam. Instead of tracking how Russia influenced American attitudes, Hamilton 68 simply uh, collected a handful of mostly real, mostly American accounts and described their organic conversations as Russian scheming. Did Matt drop out? Did, sorry, Ian drop out? Um, yeah, he yeah, dropped out, but I, I like what I like, like when he, he dropped out. Yeah. He's back, but I was just want to say, Matt himself called it a scam. Brian, it's gonna be a tough. Yeah, yeah. is, is Ryan there? Yeah, Brian's gonna be a tough one for you today, man. You're in a you're in a bad spot, man. You're screwed <laughs> on this one. <laughs> no, I got like a, I can't I can't support any. You gotta give it. A, you yeah. gotta give it a shot, man. Like the audience, no man. The audience needs a reason to hate you, so you have to find a way to support it. <laughs> They're all waiting for me to somehow figure out a way. To... <laughs> no, I, I can uh, I can be contrary. Uh, yeah, it, cool. You I? must be a Russian bot then. Oh, uh, so it's twenty five. We're up it to fifteen be. out of uh, oh, Russian bot. Uh, yeah. Fifteen out of twenty five. Yeah. Correct. That's right. Let's get through. Elon just tweeted um, a shame on MSNBC for misleading the public, and he linked to the Twitter files. The jab, the jab begins. Oh, sorry, I mean Mr. Tweet. Mr. Tweet, I mean, sorry, not Elon. Yeah, yeah, number fifteen. By by the way, there are forty-two. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, forty-two. Okay, I'll keep going. Uh, Better keep going. Yeah. All right, number 15. It was a scam. Instead of tracking how Russia influenced American attitudes, Hamilton 68 simply uh, collected a handful of mostly real, mostly American accounts and described their organic conversations as Russian scheming. It's insane. Uh, Twitter immediately recognized these Hamilton-driven news stories uh, posed a major ethical problem. 
potentially implicating them. Uh, quote, real people need to know that they've been unilaterally Russian students without evidence or recourse, uh, Roth wrote. Eh, good for him. He said, this is a big, messy, uh, messy strat- strategic issue that Nick should weigh in on. The short version is I reverse engineered a whole bunch of uh, a full list of accounts using the dashboard during Project Osprey, and we did a full analysis of them. And the securing democracy people's claims are totally bogus. Uh, they don't know that we have the list, though, and they've refused to release it. Interests, I mean, I'm increasingly of the opinion that this dashboard is actively damaging and promotes polarization and distrust through its shoddy methodology. It's toxic from a partnership standpoint, but my recommendation at this stage is an ultimatum. Either you release the list or we will. It needs to be peer-reviewed. Real people need to know they've been unilaterally labeled Russian students without evidence or recourse. It is a major problem. So good for him. I mean, he wanted to do something about this. I don't think he actually released a list, though. Neither of them did. That. Number 17. Some Twitter executives uh, badly wanted to out Hamilton 68 yeah, after Russians were blamed for hyping the hashtag Portland shooting hashtag. One wrote, why can't we uh, Why can't we say we've investigated and citing Hamilton 68 as being wrong, irresponsible, and biased? This is one of the Twitter executives uh, who wrote that to uh, to Yul Roth, right? No idea uh, who this person is, but, you know, they're, they're not happy about this. And uh, Yul Roth uh, said, uh, the, the challenge is that, uh, the challenge is that, they haven't released the account list, and we only have it because I reverse-engineered it by looking at the API traffic. So any reputation will require us to admit uh, to having obtained the account list. So a bit of a tight spot here. They have to admit that, okay, we kind of reverse-engineered you because you guys are dumb, and I'm really, really smart. My name is Joel Roth. I'm super-duper smart. I can hack people, right? But So you didn't want to look kind of bad if they did that, and they didn't want to piss off too many people. So Joel Roth wanted a confrontation. My recommendation at this stage is an ultimatum. You release the list, or we do. However, there were internal concerns about taking on the politically connected Alliance for Securing Democracy. Now, keep in mind, this is a, a bunch of Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, not necessarily even supporters, but like they're her, 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 you know, her brains, right? They're the people directly behind her. You got John Podesta on there, Michael McFall, et cetera, et cetera. Very, very uh, influential people. Uh, number 19, quote, we have to be careful in how much uh, we push back on ASD publicly. ASD, again, is the Alliance for Securing Democracy. Said the future White House and NSC spokesman, uh, spokesperson Emily Horn. So she was actually warning them. This plus one to all, from a communication standpoint, she used to work at Twitter, by the way. We're working extensively with reporters uh, off the record and on background to explain the flaws in Hamilton 68's methodology without getting into the full knowledge of it and to press them to encourage Hamilton 68 to be more transparent on their methodology. I don't think they were ever, ever uh, pushing back on any of it. They were just more than happy to promote the uh, you know Russian disinformation narrative. So Carlos and others uh, on policy uh, have been pushing back similarly with congressional staff. Until we have our own comparable but high-quality analysis to point to publicly, though, we have to be careful in how much we push back on the ASD publicly. Number 20. Uh, quote, I've also been very frustrated in not calling out Hamilton 68 more publicly, but understand that we have uh, to play a longer game here. Carlos Monge, who is the funer- uh, future senior advisory to the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg. So, you know, now he works at the White House. But back then, he worked for Twitter. He was an executive. So, uh, number 21. Matt writes, so the legitimate people, as one Twitter executive called them, never found out they'd been used as fodder for mountains of news stories about Russian influence because the hashtag Twitter files contained a list they've begun finding out. Oh, boom. So Matt Taibbi's got the list. Sweet. Awesome. Right. 
Nice. Uh, number 22. I'm shocked, says Sonia Monsur, who as a, as a child lived through a civil war in Lebanon. Supposedly in a free world, we have been watched at many levels by what we say online. This is somebody who responded to, I believe, to, to Matt Taibbi. Uh, number 23. Uh, I've been, I've written a book about the U.S. Constitution, says Chicago-based lawyer Jave, uh, sorry, Dave Chitokas. Uh, how I made a list is incredible to me. So yeah, this is one of the people on the list. I just named two people on the list. Another one here from another uh, American. Uh, so it is an Oregon native named Jacob Levitch. Uh, he says, uh, when I was growing up, my father told me about the McCarthyite blacklist. As a child, it would never have occurred to me that this would come back in force and broadly in a way designed to undermine the rights we hold dear. So that's an American, right? He was on the list. He was one of the quote-unquote Russian bots. Uh, even Twitter executives were stunned, and this is Matt writing again, even Twitter executives were stunned to read about who was on the list. Wrote policy chief Nick Pickles about the British comic Holborn Lols, right? Holborn Lols is a pretty popular British comedian. Um, I mean, he, he jokes about stuff on Twitter. Uh, he's a, uh, a wind-up merchant. I follow him, and I wouldn't say he's pro-Russian. Can't even remember him tweeting about Russia, says a bunch of uh, people that were interviewed about Holborn. Right, Holborn is uh, unfortunately no longer with us. Um, number 26, I'm listed as a Russian bot, question mark, said conservative media figure Dennis Michael Lynch. As a proud taxpaying citizen and a charitable family man and an honest son of a U.S. Marine, I deserve better. We all do. So this is a man, again, uh, uh, is a podcaster. He's on Newsmax. He's on Fox News. And he was cited as a Russian bot. They call him a Russian bot. He's not. Uh, number 27, consortium editor uh, Joe Loria was too angered to find out that he was on the list which targeted voices across the spectrum. He, he says, Organizations like Hamilton 68 are in business to enforce an official narrative, which means exercising, uh, sorry, excising inconvenient facts, which they call misinformation, right? And this is a, a guy who has uh, written for the Wall Street Journal, the Boston Globe, the Sunday Times, uh, and he's the editor-in-chief of Consortium News, and they called him a Russian disinformation bot or a Russian disinformation operative. He's not. Number 28, what makes this an important story is the sheer scale of the news footprint left by Hamilton 68's digital McCarthyism. Now, I think that's uh, unfair to McCarthy, yeah? because the people who are on McCarthy's list turned out to be members of the KGB eventually. But it's a pretty fair comparison if we're going back to you know historical comparisons. Um, so he says, the quantity of headlines and TV segments dwarf the impact of individual fabulists like Jason Blair or Stephen Glass. So you know, those two guys have been fired, right? I mean, they were making up stories. Uh, but nothing they did is even in comparison to this Hamilton 68 thing. And in his screenshot, he literally puts puts out like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of these articles citing Hamilton 68, which is all based on bullshit. So number 29, Hamilton 68 was used as a source to assert Russian influence in an astonishing array of news stories. Support for Brett Kavanaugh, for instance, that was considered Russian disinformation. Uh, supporting the release of Devin Nunes' memo, that was also Russian disinformation. Talking about the Parkland shooting, the manipulation of black voters, attacks on the Mueller investigation, all these things, all considered to be uh, Russian disinformation. Complete nonsense. Uh, number 30. Uh, these stories raised fears in the population and, most insidious of all, were used to smear people like Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard was smeared as a foreign asset and drum up sympathy for political causes like Joe Biden's campaign by describing his critics as a Russia-aligned, right? That So they, they smeared Tulsi Gabbard, called her a Russian operative or Russian asset, uh, and, and smeared anyone who even dared to criticize Joe Biden. So you don't like Joe? Well, you know, uh, fuck Joe Biden or let's go Brandon. And suddenly, oh, you're a Russian bot. Incredibly, and Matt writes here, incredibly and ironically, 
these stories are also frequented, uh, frequently used as evidence of the spread of fake news on sites like Twitter. For instance, on Mother Jones, where they said Trump supporters spread the majority of fake news are uh, on social media. A new study finds that junk news has been a staple of the MAGA crowd. Again, total bullshit. No evidence that you know any any fake news has spread by any Trump supporters to any large degree. But that's what they did. They they basically used this to uh, disenfranchise uh, anyone who supported Donald Trump, anyone who supported Tulsi Gabbard, or even Bernie Sanders. If you you know went against the narrative, went against the establishment, you're a Russian bot. You were promoting disinformation. Matt Tybee writes, it was a lie. The illusion of Russian support was created by tracking people like Joe Lauria, Sonia Mansour, and Jave Shostokas. Virtually every major American news organization cited these fake tales, even fact-checking sites like Snopes and PolitiFact. Wow, imagine that, PolitiFact getting something wrong. Snopes getting something wrong. And the articles from one from uh, PolitiFact writes, Russia's social media efforts in 2016 were not just false but inflammatory. Wow. And uh, Snopes writes, Trolls, bots, and useful idiots attacked new committee aimed at exposing Russian propaganda campaigns. So you spoke out against it. You are part of a Russian propaganda campaign. Anything bad happens in the world, Russian propaganda. Hiroshima and Nagasaki get nuked. Russia's to blame, right? Twitter didn't just have the guts to... Uh, sorry. Twitter didn't have the guts to out Hamilton 68 publicly, but did try to speak to reporters off the record. Reporters are chafing, said Horn, Emily Horn. It's like shouting into a void. So they, you know, they did try to speak to these reporters, these supposed journalists, who none of them actually did their jobs, right? Um, and this is an email uh, to Nick Pickles, Carlos Monge, and Newell Roth. And it says here, for now, uh, uh, this is what no, Nick Pickles wrote. For now, we I think we can cope, but I think consider sharing information or publishing anything that we should loot them in. And then someone else replies, says, perfect. Do we need somebody from legal to join as well? And, and then Nick says, let's loop Lauren in. And then Yoel Ross says, yes, please, I'll be in Boulder, but feel free to schedule any time. Time zones have no meaning to me. And somebody else writes, uh, discussed a bit with uh, Carlos today and would love for us to sync early next week if possible next steps forward regarding Hamilton 68, given the internal and external pressure we're under. I think we need to huddle in the best way forward. Reporters are shaping at our off-the-record cautions and methodology. And the Florida stuff this week really drives home for me that Hamilton 68 is going to keep being fast, sloppy, and their damage won't be just restricted to Russia stuff. Nick, I know this is more your lane. Happy to schedule something, but defer to you. And then uh, there's an Emily Horn email, I think. It says, I'm reaching out to individual reporters who are covering this to uh, try to shape. But uh, at this point, it's like shouting into the void. Right? That's what Emily wrote. So they had no, no, no opportunity, really. The journalists just weren't listening. Uh, Roth was offended uh, by the idea that tweets on certain themes suggested subversion. Quote, uh, can we talk about how incredibly condescending if you talk about these themes, you must have been duped by Russian propaganda? That's what he said, right? He's a smart guy. So his email reads, can we all pause for a moment and acknowledge how incredibly condescending that third bullet point is? If you talk about these themes, you must be duped by Russian propaganda. Ugh, that's what he says. And this is an email uh, to him. And this is, I guess, a point that says here, uh, to, this is what he's responding to. He says, to Yol's comment, uh, I don't think they claim uh, that all the accounts are clearly Russian or bots. Some of the accounts on the list are clearly Russian, such as uh, RT or Sputnik or the Russian embassy. From their website, these are the types of accounts they cover, but I think most of the accounts on this list would fall into one of these categories, which are vague and broad enough that they are somewhat hard to rebut. Uh, but this gets covered in a very different narrative in the news, such as Russian bots and loses any nuance. So, And these are the three bullet points. 
attributed accounts is the first one. Attributed accounts uh, that clearly state they are pro-Russian or affiliated with the Russian government. That's the first point. Second point, accounts including both bots and humans that are run by troll factories in Russia and elsewhere. And number three, accounts that are run by people around the world who amplify pro-Russian themes, either knowingly or unknowingly, after being influenced by efforts described above. So it's complete nonsense, just like Yoel Roth says. It's like, oh, so you talked about Biden, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop? Well, I guess you're a Russian bot because, oh, that's clearly a Russian disinformation effort, right? Number 35, we're almost done. It says here, uh, Matt writes, again, even Roth, like most Twitter executives, and well, is an ardent Democratic partisan. And he saw the Hamilton scheme would lead people to assert that any right-leaning content is propagated by Russian bots. So here's what he wrote in this email. This is regarding an article uh, from Business Insider on hashtag release the memo. That's a Devin Nunes memo. Uh, Yul Roth writes, this is semi-related. The Hamilton dashboard is once again getting a lot of traction around uh, partisan trends, which is leading people to assert that any right-leaning content is propagated by Russian bots because Hamilton 68 said so. Nick, I think it may, be, uh, make, uh, it may uh, make sense for us to revisit the idea of more actively refuting the dashboard. It's a collection of right-leaning legitimate users that are being used to paint a polarizing and an inaccurate picture of conversation on Twitter, right? So number 36, at least two other research institutions that use similar methodologies and were cited as uh, as sources in news stories were also criticized in email correspondence by Twitter. MSNBC, Watts, that's, uh, that's, you know, Hamilton 68, the uh, Washington Post, Political, Mother Jones, which did at least 14 Hamilton 68 stories, uh, the Alliance of Securing Democracy, and the offices of politicians like Dianne Feinstein all refused comment, unless this counts. So Matt Tybee has reached out to all these people. None of them will talk back to him, except for the Alliance of Securing Democracy. So Matt put out a tweet. He says, question for Mike Morell, Bill Crystal, Selected Wisdom, Isles Tumas, Michael McFall, Anna Palacio, Don Podesta, and others. Are you really going to no comment my upcoming story about Hamilton 68 and hash and at uh, security democracy? I have the list. Time to come clean. And, you know, the Alliance Alliance for Securing Democracy actually replied. He said, you can find information describing Hamilton 68's methodology published in 2017 and 2018. That's the same bullshit that we read earlier. Matt, Matt, we're almost through the thread. I think we're up to number 37. Yep. There's like three... One more, hey, one Matt, more tweet yeah. left. That's, that's There's three more, yeah. Job, by the way. Yep. Fantastic work, man. Fantastic stuff. All right, let's go through this. Uh, this is an academic scandal as well. At Harvard, Princeton, Temple, NYU, GWU, and other universities promoted Hamilton 68 as a source. And you know, it's at Clinton Watts on C-SPAN talking about it. It's in the university libraries where they talk about Russian interference in the 2018 United States elections. That's the university libraries and a whole bunch of other sources. Uh, 39 here. Perhaps most embarrassingly, elected officials promoted the website and invited Hamilton experts to testify. Diane Feinstein, James Lankford, Richard Blumenthal, Adam Schiff, and Mark Warner were among the offenders. And so they, they actually cited this stupid group that pro- promoted actual disinformation as experts. Number 40. The mix of digital McCarthyism and fraud did great damage to American politics and culture. News outlets that don't disavow these stories or still pay Hamilton vets as analysts should not be trusted. Every subscriber to those outlets uh, to write um, uh, to editors about the issue. They should write about them. You know, they should, hey, go and complain to the New York Times. Go and complain to Political. Go and complain to any of these websites that you pay a subscription fee to and tell them to stop citing these guys and to come clean. So uh, number 41, and this is basically done. It says, for more information on Twitter files, follow Barry Weiss, Lee Fang, Sheldon Berger, and the FP and others. Twitter had no input on this story. 
searches were conducted by a third party, so material may have been left out. For more on this story, read the uh, detailed news story at racket.news. Um, and special thanks to Orf for putting together the video for this segment. Much more to come. So thank you, Matt, for joining us. Good to have you here. Matt, can you hear us? Yeah, you can unmute so yourself. bottom left corner, you can unmute. Yes. Yeah, I'm man. Sorry. Yeah, can you hear me now? that's that's mm-hmm. a that's an interesting thread. Yeah. Well, what were your first thoughts when you went through all these files before writing the thread? Well, uh, so I was looking for something else in in the files, and then I came across this discussion by the Twitter executives talking about what to do about Hamilton sixty eight, and I think I was pretty struck by the language that Roth was using you know, calling it bullshit. And then the fact that they actually had the list, which um, had been kept secret, was was uh, really interesting. So, um, you know, a, a lot of us, if you go back and look, there were obviously probably some people in this room who wrote about this at the time being probably fake, but now we know for sure that it is. So, um, you know, that that's always good. The list that you're referring to, is that the same Google Doc that was within the files? Or was it a different list? Uh, so no, that, 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 that's just like a partial, uh, the, the, the Google doc in the files, um, no, no, there, there's an Excel doc that has, uh, 644 names on it. I don't believe that's in the, in the thread. There is, is a, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's not different. in the thread. Yeah. yeah we didn't link to okay, it. I think I got a bit of an, there's a different one that was, uh, yeah. One that Yol Roth put out, uh, that's, you know, obviously not active anymore. Right. Oh, I see. Okay. No, that that uh, that's probably a mistake on my part. I apologize. Um, no, that's fine. That's fine. But uh, no, it's a. Um, uh, I I didn't publish it uh, because I was a little bit worried about the issue of people being smeared as um, you know Russian bots. So I've been reaching out individually to people, uh, and I, I've been kind of giving the list or trying to give the list to media reporters, um, you know, in the hopes that they'll start the process of unwinding some of those stories. The problem is there's so many of them that um, it would take uh, a while. You know, what has the response been like for, from the media reporters that you've reached out to, Matt? Um, without uh, getting into the names, I'd say a couple have been polite. Um, but so far, nobody's... nobody's uh, you know, express interest in actually doing the story. I mean, really almost every one of the major media reporters would have to be writing about stories that took place in their own newspapers or at their own television stations. Uh, so that's problematic. Uh, you know, right down to the, to the Washington Post, New York Times. Um, I reached out to a couple of reporters at the, at the Times who, um, did the new knowledge story, if everyone's familiar with that. Um, that was the story about a group that's affiliated with Hamilton 68 that got caught faking a Russian influence campaign in Alabama. Um, so it's my hope that maybe they would do this story as well. I, uh, we'll see. I'm still working on that. Matt, do you know if Twitter has reached out to these 600 Twitter accounts to offer an apology or preemptively uh fade off a, a lawsuit um i don't know that uh you know i've i've only I, i've started the process of 
reaching out to the real people on the list. A lot of, not a lot, but but some of the accounts are no longer active. Some of the people have died in the meantime. Um, but uh, there were a few people who I contacted who asked about, you know, do they have a case against somebody? And I, I don't know, because the thing is, their names were never used publicly. Um, it, the, the, really, what, what, what was this was really all about was they were trying to create the appearance of kind of like Russian activity just by tracking a bunch of ordinary, mostly Trump supporters. Uh, so even though these people were used and put on a list, um, their names were never put out there. So, yeah, I don't know about that. I would think that it, w- it would fall more on Hamilton 68 than it would Twitter since Twitter was sort of like turning yeah, it down exactly. saying, hey. What would you say would be the so, motivation? So Matt, do you believe based on everything you've read that uh, that these actors that were behind the think tank were nefarious? Yeah, that's it's a good question. We were having that debate earlier, Matt, on whether that was you know just incompetence or preconceived bias or a mix of both. So I don't think there's any way that you can look at the list and see this as an honest mistake. Um, the accounts are overwhelmingly English language accounts. Many of them are clearly real people. Um, many of them are well-known figures. Uh, I mean, again, they put they put David Horowitz on the list. They put Joe Loria from Consortium on the list. They put, um, you know, like a Newsmax guy on the list. Uh, and a lot of them are kind of sort of, you know, mid-level accounts that have maybe 5,000 followers that are supporting Donald Trump. They're clearly real people. Uh, Twitter didn't have any problem figuring that out quickly. So I, I really doubt that they don't know. So just before you, uh, Catherine, uh, before you ask your question, I just want to say David, who was mentioned in the thread, uh, he's on stage with us now. And also the walkaway campaign was also mentioned in the thread. Uh, Matt and Brandon Strack is with us now. Uh, I see your hand, Brandon. I'll just give you the mic right after Catherine, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up that David and and Brandon are with us. Go ahead, Catherine. Yeah, I'm just wondering because I'm trying to figure out what that motivation would have been for them because, you know, if they're sort of lower level accounts, it doesn't sound like they're going after these specific accounts uh, to try to take them down. So is it, do you think it's all just about creating that perception or were they, in your view, sort of targets for them? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, no, this was a media scam. It wasn't really about these people. This the, This was entirely about creating the perception of ongoing kind of Russian bot influence. And so it, it, it really was almost immaterial who the people on the list were um, from their point of view. Uh, what they did basically is, and again, you, you see the quotes from the Twitter people talking about this. They were just capturing ordinary American political conversations and then just telling reporters that these were Russian influence. And the goal here was not to smear the people on the list. The goal was to smear the general idea, right? So you're, if you want to say that the HR, you know, the Fire McMaster um, hashtag was Russian influenced or, or walk away or release the memo or whatever it is, 
that's what they were after was was trying to smear those things or or the Tulsi Gabbard campaign for that matter. Um, I, I think that was the end game, not not the people on the list. I have a question uh, before we go to Brandon. Uh, do you know if there were any uh, government requests to take down or suppress anybody who was on the list? Um, no. I mean, again, the, the list was was pretty carefully guarded, and the only people who would have had access to it worked at Hamilton 68 or the Alliance for Securing Democracy and Twitter, right? So uh, unless you were one of those entities, you probably didn't know who was on the list. And, and again, who was on the list was less important than how the list was used. It was, it was really about creating all those news stories. Um, so I, I, I don't think the government got involved in, in that as, aspect of it. Um, so another question. Do we have a, any sort of correspondence uh, between journalists and Twitter regarding the uh, Hamilton 68 dashboard and their reporting on it? We do. There, there, there are some. Um, <laughs> there are a couple of, uh, actually, more than a few uh, emails from reporters who went, actually, many of them who ended up doing stories. Um, there are a bunch surrounding the. Uh, release the memo hashtag. Uh, and again, as I think I put this in the, in the thread, there's, you see in these, some of the emails, like there's frustration by the, um, by, by the comms people at Twitter because they're trying to tell them off the record to stay away from the story and they won't do it. Uh, they're saying, saying things like, you know, reporters are chafing. It's like shouting into a void. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not making progress with them, that kind of thing. Uh, so there are, yeah, yes, there are a bunch of e- emails uh, about that. Why, do you know why Yul uh, Roth ultimately decided not to release the list? Is that uh, disclosed at any, uh, any point? So he went back and forth a number of times. I, um, at, at times, he was very much in favor of being conf- confrontational. Then there was a point. Um, in the emails where he uh, was concerned that um, that they might find out that he had that he had reverse engineered their list, I don't know why he would have cared about that. I um, haven't had any luck uh, reaching Yol, obviously, uh, but he 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 seemed to go along in the end with the general idea that they had to tread carefully with the Alliance uh, for Securing Democracy. Do you know if any of the journalists have actually right requested after Catherine, to give the, Yeah, sorry, right after Catherine, sorry. I want to give the mic to, to Brandon. Go ahead, Catherine. Yeah, I'm just just curious, Matt. Did any of the journalists, as far as you're aware, from conversations you might have had, have any of them actually requested for any kind of evidence or wanting to see the list of, of people, um, uh, you know, that to kind of assess whether they're bots or not? Any kind of evidence that they they asked for? So um, neither at the time nor this week when I reached out to a whole mess of them <laughs> and said, I've got the list. Do you want to take a look at it? Uh, did any of them express interest in seeing it? So that, that should that, tell you a lot. That's um, fascinating. For me, that's the biggest surprise, mm-hmm. Matt. Like I, I know there's a lot of bias within the media. There's conflicts of interest, etc. But that's... Uh, for them to still be ignoring the story and for them to ignore Twitter back when when uh, when uh, the whole Russian disinformation story was being published 
is mind-boggling to me. But I do want to give the mic to Brandon and anyone from the audience to ask questions for Matt. Put him in the comment section, bottom right corner. We can ask them on your behalf. Uh, Brandon, the mic is yours. Thank you. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes. I'm in a house perfect. with terrible yeah, reception. Yeah, yeah okay. that's fine. <laughs> All right, great. Thank you. Um, uh, thanks, you guys, for, for allowing me uh, the space to speak. Matt, um, I, Matt, I believe you and I talked weeks ago in a, a different space, um, and I gave you a little bit of background about Walkaway and, and, and this very thing. So first of all, um, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, oh, to be honest... Oh, can you hear him, Matt? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. hear you. Yeah, I can hear you just ahead. fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, I'm gonna stay. I'm just gonna stand right where I am and not move. <laughs> um, so uh, basically, Matt, what I was wondering is, um, well, I, I mean, to give a little background, maybe to some of the people in the space too. You know, I started Walkway in 2018, and they began this Russian bot narrative uh, around late summer uh, that year. This was just a few months after I started it. And I kind of told you before, I mean, I was very naive at the time. I was just, you know, a normal guy who had had this experience. I made that video. I started the group. I encouraged other people to make testimonials and it, it blew up. I mean, it's, it's walkway is a very real thing with real people telling real stories and the success of walkway eventually parlayed into an organization, uh, the walkway foundation, which I run. I, I have employees. And the damage that's been done to walk away into my organization is very, very, very real. I mean, to this day. Yeah, I think it dropped out. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, this, I know. I got a phone. Yeah, I can yeah, hear you. To this day. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, say. guys. I think because of this, everybody's calling me. So, yep. um, <laughs> so to this day. <laughs> um, you know, when we try to do events, when we try to do initiatives, when we try to fundraise, when we try to do anything, we're inundated with people mass posting these articles saying that Walkway isn't real. It was never real. It's Russian propaganda and encouraging people not to support my organization, not to donate. I mean, this, this has had very, very serious and very real consequences. And so, um, I, I, I literally just started getting people calling me. I haven't read the thread yet. I've gotten a few bullet points on it, so I'm going to go back and read it. Um, but essentially what I, I, I wanted to convey two things to people listening that, um, this isn't funny. It's not a joke, uh, which I thought it was in 2018. I thought it was silly and I thought it was, but it's obviously much more sinister and serious than that. And it has very real consequences. And the second thing is, um, Matt, I, I, I imagine you're inundated since you've been doing this with people who want to talk to you, but I would really like to talk to you. And if you would please uh, shoot me a DM, I I, just, I, 10 minutes of your time, I would like to talk to you. Could you please shoot me a DM? And I, I'd love to set up a call with you if, if that's okay. Absolutely, and I apologize for not getting in touch with you beforehand. I'd, um, I'd, this, uh, this, 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 there were there were a lot of people to reach out to with this one, but um, but yeah, absolutely. And and by the way, there was a there was a question earlier about like legal causes of action. Um, so so like your case is 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 an area where you might start thinking about injury, right? Because it probably hurt your political organization, it probably injured your reputation. Um, but I don't know who the, the, the party would be. It might be the journalist, right? I, I saw there were a number of, um, a number of uh, newspapers and online outlets that wrote about uh, walk away in, in this way. Uh, and sometimes it was a racial thing. Like I think the Atlanta journal constitution 
um, wrote something very strange about walk away. So, um, yeah, it's not funny. It's very serious. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of stories like yours, I, I, unfortunately. I want to give the mic to Brian. By the way, we've invited Tulsi Gabbard as well. Uh, her team is trying to reach her to get her to come onto the space. Hello? Yeah, can you hear us, Matt? Yeah. yeah I don't know if Matt, Matt, hold on. Let me see if Matt, Matt, can you hear me, Matt? Yeah. Or no? no, he can't hear me. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to ask Matt a question. Well, can we make sure, if, can if, Matt if, hear yeah. anybody? Matt, can you hear him speaking? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, he can. Yeah, he can oh, hear yeah, everyone yeah, except yeah, myself. So yeah, go yeah. ahead, Brian. Yeah. So, so uh, thanks for being here, Matt. I I just had like two questions. Um, one of them is, do you do you see this list uh, from Hamilton '68 as a list of people that were knowingly connected that that Hamilton '68 says were knowingly connected to Russian Russian uh, intelligence or possibly unknowingly? Because I I feel that could make a difference in the way that these people feel because Mm -hmm. somebody could be posting things that Hamilton 68 thought was considered Russian propaganda without actually being connected to the Russians. Uh, Because everything I've seen says that Hamilton 2.0 is, is a list of people knowingly and unknowingly connected. Well, look, (laughs) I mean, I think they got to do better than that. Right. Like, like, yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, like trying to support them i'm just curious your thoughts again the people who are involved in this we're we're talking about you know the 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 front man is a former fbi counterintelligence official the um the think tank has a former head of the dhs a former acting head of the cia uh, and a former deputy director of the nsa on the advisory council um, it is it defies belief for me that they um, would put a list together of ordinary people uh, that didn't have some kind of connection to Russia and call them Russian. Um, you know, and and clear and clearly um, they they weren't asserting anywhere that they had any evidence for any of this. I think they just thought that this list would never get out. Uh, and again, if you if you look at their reasoning for why they didn't release the list, uh, Laura Rosenberger, who was one of the founders of Hamilton 68, she said, oh, if, it, if the names ever got out, the Russians would just shut the accounts down. Well, you know, you can go ask Joe Loria or Dennis Michael Lynch or any of these other people if they're going to shut their accounts down now, right? I mean, they're clearly not Russian-controlled accounts. I... I I, I think this whole thing, it's very hard to explain other than as a conscious deception. Um, and, and, I, and I put it to them that way when I sent them a letter. I said, if, if there's some kind of rational explanation for what you did here, I really want to hear it. And they refused to answer. That one is first. Can you, can you hear me Thanks. now, Matt, or still mm-hmm. no? Yeah, he can. Can I make a he comment? Yeah, go ahead. David, go sure. ahead. Yeah, just just quickly because I've got a couple other things to do. But I was mentioning, you know, Brandon was mentioning what damage it was, and uh, it was only days ago that I talked to Matt about this. But uh, you know, I've got a website that's actually devoted to the Constitution of the United States, uh, and uh, I've written a couple of books: one about the Constitution, one about the Declaration of Independence. 
prior to 2017, through the primarily through Twitter, I was selling two, three hundred books a month, and the traffic on my website was about thirty, forty thousand people a month, and uh, we we're generating uh, income as a result of that. The fact is, is after now, in retrospect, now that I've seen what what uh, what's going on, and having talked to Matt, uh, my my, I now get maybe you know four or five hundred. Uh, it's a month on the same on the same website. I sell maybe one or two books a month. The subject matter of my stuff doesn't get any more American than the stuff that I do. And they actually this action actually destroyed uh, that. I I was always fascinated. I could never understand what happened, but somehow. Well, or other, yeah. Is this Dave? Yes, it's Dave. Dave. Yeah. So so that could be a couple of things like. Um, Twitter, Twitter, when they did an analysis of the sites um, on the list, they found that about a fifth of them had already been labeled. Um, you, you can see this actually on the Substack piece that I wrote. Uh, and about a fifth of those sites had been put on what they called the trends blacklist. So that's a form of shadow banning, um, uh-huh. which means that you know, there, there were a lot of accounts that were already shadow that were probably already shadow banned when the, when they were put on the Hamilton 68 list, um, maybe for other reasons. Like, you know, it could have been some, for something as stupid as you retweeted something that Donald Trump said that uh, they labeled. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that, that might be how it happened. Like, I, I, I doubt there was a direct relationship between Hamilton 68's list and Twitter's shadow banning because Twitter was actually very skeptical of, of, uh, of, of the list. So um, it, it was probably related to something else. Okay. Well, I, after having talked to you, I started looking at things and I was always mystified by the automatic drop in traffic and the automatic um, um uh, sales drop in my in my books about the Constitution and Declaration of Independence, and it almost coincides with the time that you talked about. You know that you that you, that you showed to me. Maybe there's no relationship, but it, it certainly looks like it. But, but, I mean, so, so Matt, roughly, yeah, and that started. You know, I, 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 we have to figure it out um, exactly what was going on in terms of why they were labeling people. Uh, if, if, if you see the list of things that they were doing for labeling, like the, most of them were like there, there are some obvious ones like not safe for work. Right. So that's usually porn, like some kind of really hardcore porn. But they, they started applying these labels like trends blacklist or search blacklist a lot uh, at some point around that time. And it's still kind of an unknown for us why, why they did that. Okay. Well, thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you. And I really appreciate that you having reached out to reached out to this. People really no, need to know the, the, phone. Yeah. the kind of, the kind of, the kind of back work you're doing on this is just amazing. And I'm just, all I can do at this juncture is say thank you uh, to be shedding light on this important topic. With that, I have to go, everybody. Thank you for the invitation to bring me on here.
and thank you for the work you're doing, Matt. If Thanks you want so to come much, back David, within the next few it. hours, we'll still be here. You'll yeah. still be there. Okay. I'm actually yeah. going into a going into a meeting about an election lawsuit, so I got to go. Guys. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Good luck. See you. In a, Thanks see you for joining us, David. Bye. That's why Matthew, it always welcome baffles back to the me. Panel. It always baffles me, Matt, when people say things like, "Why doesn't Elon just release everything all at once?" I guess they don't understand the the work that it takes and the effort that you guys are putting in to sort of decode all of this stuff and also make sure that people don't end up in litigation or in right. trouble for releasing certain information. Yeah, I mean, like, Twitter could still end up in trouble. A lot of stuff, so, you know, that's, that's one more reason everybody thinks they want to but, you know, he's, he's taking a risk by letting us just forward around in this, um, so... You know, uh, I'm not going to question it, but but uh, I think I think he wants to be tra- as transparent as possible. So, uh, yeah, speaking, I agree. Speaking of forging, if uh, you don't mind for a sec, I really want to ask. My name is Matt Termont. I'm on the board of Project Veritas, and we were very uh, high profile, ignominiously turfed off of Twitter. Both James O'Keefe, the founder, and uh, our institutional accounts from our C3 so, and our C4 project. Uh, folks, I have a Act- call. I've got I've got to go. We're I'm sorry, all- but uh, th- thanks for having me on. Hey, 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 yeah, hey Matt, hey Matt, uh, hey. message message Mario yeah, if you cool. can. And please, and please shoot me a DM. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Bye, Matt. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Please, Matt, please shoot me a Thanks for joining us, Matt. Yeah, guys, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> Everybody so, that was you once. and Mario. <laughs> Yeah, Good Lord. yeah. Nah, he, I didn't. I didn't speak at all because he couldn't hear me the whole time. So that's why uh, Nick took over. The, 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 but but you were thanking him for joining okay, us. So don't, uh, no, no. Yeah. I got I got Prodigal up as a speaker. He's got some good takes. Uh, he's got some insights. But I mean, the rest of you, yeah, yeah jump in, Prodigal. I'm just working on some articles right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Think, I think Matthew I, was actually Matthew was speaking. I don't know if he wanted to finish what he was well, in the middle of saying. Asked him uh, if he had come across any of the Project Veritas uh, internal emails about Project Veritas from Twitter because they had to do a uh, a real calisthenic and backward somersault to justify their ban of us, which was that we were doxing people based on our man in the street interviews of subjects because we showed a you know uh, a lamppost somewhere with a number on it in some town, uh, and they said that you know we were uh, going after people's privacy and doxing them, and that's one of the ways they got one of the accounts out when at the same time uh, concurrently CNN was going to random Trump supporters in Mississippi and going to their door and not blacking out and redacting you know their house number and things like that so I know there was a debate inside Twitter on how to get rid of us so to speak and I'm curious you know if anyone uh, whether it's Barry Weiss or or Matt or any of the others uh, Michael Schellenberger who have had access and if any of them are listening we've been debating it internally at Project Veritas since it happened you know what was the backward somersault calisthenic they did internally? Like, how did they, you know, on such a flimsy basis, eject us? And obviously, thank God for Elon coming in and bringing back the digital uh, free uh, free speech space, the uh, the town square, the the speaker's box, the speaker's corner, historically that, you know, is unfettered free speech. Thank God for it. But, you know, Twitter, what what all these journalists are exposing that David Sachs and Elon are doing with them to get them the information so they can really uh, do a forensic on this horrible anti-democratic and constitutional behavior. Uh, but if anyone here knows any of the figures who are doing deep dives into the into the, the, the back and forth internally, we 
would love to know a project Veritas because we obviously expose Twitter right now. We're exposing Pfizer and there's meat, there's crickets in the media. I know that, that Mario and crew are going to be doing a, uh, a, a large Twitter space to deconstruct some of that with some of our team in, a, in the next hour or two. Uh, but you know, I, I, it almost, I've got two of my PV uh, staff texting me as Matt jumped off. As I mentioned, project Veritas with, coincidence because this kind of stuff happens to us a lot so I, I i don't know i'd really like to know the answers to uh now that we have the ability to forensic audit their decision making but i think um trump would probably like the same answers yeah well as uh independent media we uh we believe we have a more important role in our democracy to play than uh than politicians i'm but saying he's our might, he, he was our life. sitting president and he was effectively banned without reason and then the reason given was a complete lie oh, when you look back okay. at his last tweets they were not inciting violence he was telling people the exact opposite but no one was able to even go see it because he was already banned Oh, 100 percent. But I mean, look, this is in the era of them combating fake news. And, you know, Mario and uh, the crew here, Nick, we've talked about this in Brazil. They'll use that as an excuse and a cudgel to censor their opposition because they want to deplatform. And if we're actually terrorists, which, by the way, is the new buzzword, the Soviets called everyone subversives that they had to silence. But if we're actually terrorists and they have a moral high ground, right, they have the moral imperative to silence us. So, I mean, they've been using this fallaciousness over and over. Steve Cortez, close friend of mine did an amazing deconstruction of the Charlottesville hoax and Prager did a whole video and Steve wrote it up in real clear uh, and I urge people to read you know the the spinning of a fallacious uh, uh, interpretation so justify Matt, 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 if, if possible because this is about the Russia thing I just want to focus on one thing that I think is left out in this discussion uh, a lot of people are applauding Roth he knew this uh, and he never leaked it he never reported it and there's two reasons for this. Both his company benefited with these alliances, with both the government and these NGOs staffed by the surveillance state. And it also benefited his political allies. And I know a lot of people in the room are upset at economic and reputational damages they've suffered at this, which I think is definitely wrong and they should be sued. But the more important issue is how this affected both domestic and foreign policy. And this led to Russian sanctions, to ranking up of geopolitical tensions. And now we're literally uh, sleepwalking towards World War III. We're sending over tanks. They're going to want jets next. And that, in part, is because this type of silencing of info, of truth, of opposition views has allowed this anti-Russian rhetoric and propaganda, which, you know, might not have been justified prior to Ukraine. I don't think it's still justified now to basically sub subsume the American consciousness, and they basically affected our policies domestically and foreignly. And, it's, and I'll end with this. Some big tech platforms have removed safeguards uh, for protections that they award other groups and people and specifically allow anti-Russian hate against their people, threats, etc. And like I said, Roth, to me, does not get a pass. He knew this. He researched it. He could have leaked it. Even if he didn't want to do it to certain media organizations, I'm sure the Intercept or maybe even the Guardian or the Independent, if he didn't want to touch anybody who was considered right wing, would have done anything. But he didn't because he benefited from it. And, you know, he doesn't well, get a pass. Well, let's let's just put a, I, a cherry I, on top of that point, because what's really at stake here, even though, you know, we've had Operation Mockingbird and other attempts for uh, the federal government to get involved in what's being told about in the media. And ostensibly back then they were doing it to, to really tamp down real 
what they thought was Russian propaganda. That th- that attempt has been there. There's there's not this desire anymore in the federal government and and the actors that we're seeing uh, involved in what we're finding out on the Twitter files. To it, it, there's no patriotic motivation anymore. It's not like okay, we want to protect the country, and yeah, this this seems a little odd to do it this way, but you know, we're just really concerned because we want to protect the country. That that idea and attitude doesn't exist anymore. We are now in a new age here in the United States where there are very real attempts to adjust entirely the in, the whole narrative of what's being talked about. And with social media, this is really the first time in American history where you can put the steroids on that effort. It kind of existed since we had three networks and limited newspapers in the 70s and 80s. Now everybody's connected to it, and they can do it to everyone all at once when they have control of these platforms. That's a huge, huge change in American history. We're seeing this play out in other countries, but man, is it playing out here for the first time. And that's why it's so important that we really isolate and talk about this stuff. I would like to propose a theory to try to account for Hamilton 68 and who they are and what they are and what they're doing. Um, So just following a few breadcrumbs and putting this together with some of the information that we've gotten on Discovery in Missouri v. Biden, it it seems to me that Hamilton 68 is not just a left-leaning nonprofit with some powerful uh, liberals or neocons on their board, but this this whole thing strikes me as a propaganda operation uh, coordinated and executed at the level that only intelligence agencies are capable of doing. Oh, and I mean, Hamilton so, 68 is, is made up of all these guys, so former CIA, former DIA, former so. DHS. Yeah. Just so. Yeah. So th- th- this new uh, merger of state and corporate power uh, and these quote-unquote public-private partnerships that we've seen at work, basically enhancing and protecting the power of uh, unelected bureaucrats at our federal agencies. We saw it at work during the pandemic. We're seeing it uh, play out here as well, I think. Uh, Hamilton 68 is nothing but uh, a, a an extension of the intelligence agencies uh, into the private sphere in order to advance their own interests. I mean, if you look at the people that they targeted, they targeted people who were sufficiently influential that, um, you know, knocking them around a bit could create a story, but not sufficiently powerful or wealthy enough to challenge either Hamilton 68, if they were discovered to be behind the feeding of information to Twitter or much less challenge the social media companies themselves in any you know, meaningful way, legally or in terms of public influence, just telling the story of what happened to them. And so this has all of the fingerprints of a sort of fifth generation propaganda campaign as gained out and perfected by the CIA and the National Security Agency and and the other administrative states, the state actors who have literally been perfecting this kind of mass propaganda for decades and learning how to, and they seem to have perfected this with the social media companies starting probably around 2017, 2018, um, and, and 
um, and, and basically figured out the whole game by 2019-2020. And so while I can't prove <laughs> that hypothesis, I would like to put it forward as the interpretive hypothesis that seems to account for, in my opinion, seems to account best for the data that we have on hand. I'm willing to be persuaded out of that interpretation, certainly. Um, I, I'm, I'm sort of at the preponderance of evidence and not the beyond reasonable doubt stage of, of believing my own theory. Um, but I'd like to just throw it in the mix for discussion. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so I, I was just going to say, like, like I don't, I don't at all agree with them releasing names of Americans who obviously were not bots, were not directly connected to uh, Russian disinformation campaigns, were not directly connected to overseas operations. Um, it does Hamilton sixty eight. It does says does say that the dashboard at two point it includes users, and I touched on this with Matt, who were unknowingly acting in favor of Russia. So, for instance, if I'm just pro-Russia and I retweet and interact with a lot of content pro-Russia, I think that would have gotten you on this dashboard. Not saying it was right, but I think it's important to understand that when examining the list and where they were coming from. Uh, I don't know why they would list people like that because it's just going to create well if our own trouble. media won't but brian do you not think these people are smart enough to cross-check this list you know at least parts of it pull so, out so, random but, names but, but I, I don't know if their intention was to leave out americans of like, course like, it was their intention if they did it to the sitting president of the united states they smeared his entire campaign and presidency as a russian so I, I, it's I very easy agreed. to dismiss I, I, people I, I, it's I, very easy to dismiss point. people and what they have to say even if it's the truth if you can say you're a russian bot you're a russian right, spy right, right, i go no, into no, a so, space they oh. say that to me they say i'm a zionist they say i'm a nazi so they don't have to listen to the truth so 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 let me just finish my point so, so they were releasing this. They didn't. I don't think they purposely release a list. Maybe I'm wrong there. Can somebody correct me? I think the list kind of leaked at first. Uh, but what what they claim the list is is actors working directly with Russia, but also actors who unknowingly are working with Russia, and that can be anybody. That anybody who's anti-war, right, anybody right. who well, wants energy, that, anybody, anyone who's anti-war doesn't anyone justify. Is... You know, I, I, and it does not justify at all. But, no, but I think that context the methodology is, is flawed, right? I think that context is important Brian. in determining. Yeah. Brian, where have you ever heard of plausible from. deniability? Do you know what that is? You give a reason so the useful idiots in the public can say, no, no, this is why, when your real intention is something else. Aaron expa expounded on what I said earlier, and it's true. If you look at this in the context of the actions and how it's affected both domestic divisions and geopolitical tensions, there is no excuse for this. We're, we're on the brink of World War II. They're silencing American citizens. They've weaponized the government and our own tax dollars against us. And you're saying, well, you know, maybe they had good intentions. No, it's called plausible deniability. It's clear you don't know how. That's to do not it. at all what I'm saying. Prodigal. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not actually saying that. I don't. I think they were wrong in every respect. I'm just saying that the information that they released, their intent was to point out both accounts that were connected as well as 
unknowingly connected. And I totally agree. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have. That's a danger. You see, I mean, the, the, the methodology that they used to determine if somebody was a Russian is flawed, either flawed or just completely bullshit. They never actually released the methodology. I, I read the page where they talk about the methodology doesn't actually say, doesn't actually go into any sort of granular detail about what constitutes a Russian narrative, right? So. It, 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 it seems like that Russian narrative was anybody that tweeted Schumer shutdown or yep. hashtag walk away or yeah, release the right. That's why Brandon Straka was painted as a Russian operative. I mean, this is well, unfair that, to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Honest here, this is entirely a Russian narrative. Is any narrative that goes against what they perceived as the Democrat or progressive? way of thinking. I mean, let's just be honest about it. It was entirely about, that was never about... Well, let's be fair. Lindsey Graham loves the Russian war too, right? This is the military-industrial complex. This is a surveillance state. They intercepted an article in October that this is going to be expanded to anybody against COVID, to anybody who talked about the Afghan withdrawal, to anybody who has misgivings about Ukraine and what we're doing there. This was just the impetus they needed and they made sure, just like everything else, plausible deniability, go against anybody who can get the truth out because who's going to be able to afford to fight a preliminary injunction appeal it in states courts appeal it to the supreme court you're talking about millions and millions of dollars this is a concerted effort these aren't stupid people right these are some of the most smartest well-educated people people trained in in the way of statecraft and how the government agencies and our lawfare works and this was done on purpose to say no these people are much smarter than almost a a lot of people on the stage including myself they know what they're doing they just count on on the stupid people I need to jump in for a second. I, I really take issue, too, with what Brian said about, well, you know, that maybe they just, you know, it's people who unknowingly were associating with Russia. If you don't know something, you ask. I, I, no one ever contacted me and said, uh, look, did you, did, are you aware that you're engaging or that you're spreading this Brandon, misinformation? Brandon, I don't disagree or you, at all. No one I'm, ever, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that, that's, I understand, but you're kind of giving this impression like, oh, it was just sort of like an, you know, they, 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 it's, it's a, they just sort of accidentally, you know, put out no, some I, I don't think it was an accident. I, I, I think that they used oh. data flawed data most likely to to find this information and i'm, I'm not supporting but why would they not ask if it's such a threat, i don't think it's flawed it, it, i i think that it's, it's flawed on purpose it's so flawed by design there's a legitimate threat if there's... sorry i muted everyone but i thought brandon was talking Sweet. by himself sorry brandon go ahead no 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 everybody's no. speaking go ahead no. brandon no i was just saying that Thank you. If there's a legitimate threat or a legitimate risk, if we're talking about like a a, a security risk, why are they putting out these lists? Why are they doing all this without even contacting the people who are on the list? That's bizarre to me. Why would you not contact me and say, hey, what is your relationship with Russia? I have a a question here. here. So, Brandon, I think that that, I don't know, because no no social media platform contacts anyone they suspend. But then again, branding someone as a Russian operative. Did they use flawed? What did Twitter? Did Twitter reach out to Hamilton Ian if, if through the files? And what was the response they got? And what was what was no. the response they Is got? It... Um, a stormball. So that's a the storm question ball. I would have, Brian. Like Brandon has a Russian name, so this is I'm joking, Brandon. But like Brian, if 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 they reached out to um, Twitter and Twitter did not respond to them, the, uh, sorry, Twitter reached out to Hamilton. Hamilton team didn't respond. Um, how can you say that it was accidental? If the social media platform, like the social exactly. media platform will know their algorithm the best. And they're reaching out and they're saying, I'm guessing, Ian, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're saying, 
because uh, I had the same thought process as you, Brian. Like I went through that whole thought process throughout the file drop. And if they reached out to Hamilton and Hamilton ignored them, and this is the platform that ha- that runs the algorithm, uh, Hamilton it should be the other way around. Hamilton should be reaching out to Twitter to say, hey, this is the information we have. Can you verify it before disclosing it yep. to the media? Yeah, no, I, I, think? I, I agree. I, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying that what Hamilton did was right. I'm just saying that that it's important to understand the context of what the list was because people were claiming that that the media was reporting that this list was all Russian bots. And, and I, I don't think they were reporting that. They were reporting that this list were the, users connected. They were counting uh, on the media to be imprecise. They were counting on the media to be imprecise exactly, by saying that everybody on this list is one of three different things. One, they're 100% Russian, which is, you know, confirmed like people who work for the Russian embassy who are on this list. But this list did not differentiate those uh, those actual Russian accounts, government accounts, for instance, with people with Americans who were just simply tweeting stuff. So it, it was it is unnecessary for them to even do that, right? Because I mean, ideally they would do that, but they didn't do that on purpose. So that way they could just say, "Hey, six hundred accounts, all Russian," right? And the media doesn't even ask who these accounts are. They just say, "Oh yeah, they're all yeah, Russian." Yeah, and, and, and like Mario said, I, I and, think the responsible way to deal with it is. Hey, reach out to Twitter. Say, hey, these are accounts that we think are connected to Russia in some way or other, whatever their data shows. Share that data with Twitter and then see what Twitter says. And and they should have done that. I agree with Matt Taibbi, right? I agree with Matt Taibbi. This is not so much a Hamilton 68 issue, which, you know, obviously they're going to be a very politicized think tank. They are there for a specific purpose, which is to discredit any conservative. Right? It's a media issue. The media should have done their job. They should have asked questions. They should have contacted Hamilton 68 and say, hey, can you verify all these people? Can you tell us who's actually on the list and what your methodology is? None of them wanted to do it, right? That's why Matt Taibbi has been reaching out to all these journalists or all all of them who wrote these articles. None of them have contacted him. See, the media gets around it. The the media gets around it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Aaron, just before you go, Brian, Brian, what's your thoughts on the media side? I want to see if there's a good defense there. Yeah, so so I I think the media gets around it, and and I'm not saying this is right, by just quoting what Hamilton says. So they, they quote, According to Hamilton, yeah. it says this and this and this. But why and didn't then they? Can uh, run with but the why story, didn't they? Not, but not have to why didn't they react to Twitter's Twitter reaching out to them? Because they kept. I'm guessing they kept publishing the stories even after Twitter reached out and says, "Hey, this is." An yeah, Does it? Is it just this? Is it yeah. the mix of the? No, I'll give you two reasons. I'll give you two <laughs> tell, reasons. Tell, tell, two tell. reasons. Two reasons, Mario. Reason number one. Number one, they're fucking lazy. Journalists are fucking lazy. As a rule, journalists are fucking lazy motherfuckers who would use Chad PPT to write their articles if they could. Okay. That's reason number one. Reason number two, it supported a narrative. The Russian disinformation narrative was strong. It was what was bringing them clicks. It's what CNN was been banking on for years and years and years since Trump was elected. Even before he was elected, they were saying Russians were influencing the election. So they were more than happy to perpetuate this. And furthermore, if they went against it, then they would have to basically say, hey, hey, we were wrong about Trump. They don't want to do that because all their careers are on the line. They, their credibility is on the line. So they got to perpetuate the narrative in order to preserve their own credibility. And they're lazy. And, and by the way, let reason me, number six. One thing we're not Ed, talking about six, or seeing. Listen. We're not seeing immediately in what we just saw today. We're, we didn't find out what's the connection with uh, Facebook and Google and what they were doing at the same time. So, so you'll notice that they're having to push and claw at Twitter to do things. And I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to make Yul Roth out to be some hero, but what's interesting is they hadn't built this in to their system in the way Hamilton 68 wanted. And, and what the, that leaves the question for is how ingrained and maybe even participatory was Facebook or Google in what Hamilton 68 was doing. Listen, the overall narrative here 
was it, th- their system was not flawed in the least. Their system was precise. I I believe they it was really designed wanted, to be that way. That's right. They wanted every bit of the narrative of everything that was being talked about in in the American public through the media or otherwise to be anti-Trump and more generally anti-MAGA and even more generally anti-conservative and because their purpose was to, and and we knew this, listen, Peter Schweitzer did that creepy line documentary a while back and in that we found out that they were already using PSYOPs on the the, the Facebook and Google platforms, which, by the way, Twitter's not mentioned in that documentary. It was Google and Facebook that were doing it, tracked by a Clinton supporter and, uh, and, and, and verified by him. They were absolutely in on the game. That, that game expanded as we, have, as we are finding out here. The purpose is to change the entire paradigm of what mattered to also make certain things, you talk about conspiracy theories, to make certain things look like conspiracy theories that weren't so that they could take the upper hand in the dialogue. That's what's going on here. And, and that's the thing that hopefully we can find more out about. But this is really scary. I, I'm I'm really concerned. I think that we've broken this a little bit, and, and some of it's breaking down through the Twitter files. But there's so much more work to do because, like you mentioned, Ian, the the media is all over this. They're totally bought into this. They really are a, a propaganda machine. And then this just gives yeah, them. No I mean, fuel. Jim, when when you have General McChrystal from a leftist pack using DARPA to attack any messaging that may be coming out of the right or any truth that contradicts the left and the pro-military war and narrative establishment. It's a problem. These NGOs, people don't realize uh, the, the intelligence community, they use a number of, 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 of things for cover, whether it's diplomatic status, whether it's NGOs, whether it's uh, journalists and media. Like, this is not something by accident. And I think everybody needs to... When the government has been proven wrong on so many things so often that it's caused vast damage and is marching us towards World War III, the benefit of the doubt should never be given at this point. They need to be vetted at every point. And, and the reason they never vetted them is because they don't care. They trust these people. It benefited them profit, by profits, by clicks. Who's going to return their political surprises they won pushing this lie? None of them. And, and people still believe this. They still believe this stuff till this well, day. Well, prodigal on the military-industrial complex into this thing. Let's remember this. Bill Crystal's beyond this. Chertoff was in this. Listen, the, Bill Crystal's dad went to the Republican Party because the Republican Party was the home of the anti-Russian efforts. And laudable or crazy as that may be. And Bill Crystal has shifted not so much because he was ever a conservative, and we can question that, but he did move on the very basis you were talking about before, because that is part of this. We're, we are the, the Democrat Party nowadays is more fomenting war than the Republican Party, although there are many bad actors there too, like Lindsey Graham and others. But but that that's also it's not the main focus of this, but that feeds into this. That's how they've gained some supporters to try to make this look like it's bipartisan or whatever, because you have the Bill Crystal pro-war neocon. Right, that's willing to yeah, take this. So I do want to uh, before yeah, I give Aaron, the, I'll give you the mic the, next because uh, I want you. I want to get your thoughts, and I'm going to wrap you. it up shortly as well. Just for the audience, before we we start wrapping it up, final thoughts. The pinned tweet above is the newsletter, so make sure you get the recaps there. And um, quick point. Oh yeah, to Ian's point. Before I give the mic to Aaron, um, I do want to say Ian that yeah, journalists. Some journalists are lazy, but I 
like when I was looking into the whole um, Epstein oh, yeah. Island, there was some journalists that go above and beyond to make sure stories not buried, threatened to quit. Some um, are good, like Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi, excellent mm-hmm. journalist. Barry Weiss, excellent journalist, right? Lee Fang, excellent journalist. The ones who wrote for the, you know, all these articles in Politico, Daily Beast, New York Times, Washington Post, not excellent journalists. Terrible, the opposite. The opposite of excellent journalists. Lazy journalists. The, f- the fingers... The fingerprints of state-sponsored propaganda. We're at a crime scene. Something terrible has happened. It's wrong. Everyone acknowledges it is wrong. The fingerprints of state-sponsored propaganda are at the crime scene because how does that operate? It operates by flooding the zone. In other words, you don't design one or two falsehoods that are exquisitely crafted to be really hard to figure out and really hard to you know, falsify. No, you, you come up with thousands of falsehoods, any one of which could be easily discovered to be a falsehood if only someone would have taken the time to check. So the the lie that all of these accounts were bots, that could easily, by any competent, not just journalist, but any competent ordinary person, could have been falsified. So why would they put out stuff that could be so easily falsified? Well, you do it at a mass scale. For all we know, only 10% of the stories that they pushed got out there. Maybe, I don't think this was the case, but but we don't know. Maybe 90% of the stories, the journalists did check and decided not to print them, decided not to run with them, decided not to push them because they were easily falsified. But if only, you know, if only 10% of the stories get out there and you're doing enough of that, that may be sufficient to create that climate of Russian bots and Russian influence and, you know, so on and so forth. So look at the fingerprints and, and look at the uh, not just the, the specific instances of this or that that happened to get out there that should have been fact checked, that should never have seen the light of day because it was clearly false. And look at the volume and the scale at which this was done. And, you know, they don't need to bat a thousand when they do this. They just need to bat, you know, two, three hundred. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to win the game. I mean, look at what they did with him, to, to back up what you just said. Look at what they did when Elon took over the site, right? Literally every single, maybe not literally every one of them, but many of them wrote articles that were negative of Elon Musk. The slightest uh, rumor, you know, like the, sites will sh- the site will shut down because the servers are unmanned. Like that gets published on five different websites. Another article says that he's banning people and he's letting all these white supremacists back on. That's not fact-checked, right? It just, it's just there. It's like because... They got some quote from some think tank claiming that hate speech has actually increased 300%. What's the methodology? We don't care. We're just putting out a, a narrative because it's what gets the clicks. An editor sees a thing, sends it to a bunch of writers, or, they, or vice versa, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is under that. It's a narrative, right? Anti-Elon Musk. That's the prevailing narrative right now. And back then in the day, it was Russian disinformation bots. That's what All right, let's go. Traffic. Let's go with final thoughts because uh, just for the audience, we do have two more spaces today. We've got one at 7 p.m., um, just breaking down Project Veritas and what the allegations mean, getting a few doctors and trying to get again a research researcher onto the panel as well. And we'll likely do another uh, space on um, on the uh, probably not today. Tyre Nichols <laughs> story. So I'm not sure whether we'll cover it live. Uh, what, yeah, 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 we'll see. Uh, it was. It, they're I, releasing body cam on a on a. Uh, a it's not super interesting. Shot and killed, and uh, it might be. Uh, we'll see. So we'll go, Brandon. Uh, Wait, are you talking about the Pelosi body cam? We'll go, we'll, 
No, different body yeah. type. No, we'll that's, go that's with Brandon, Brandon, that's Brian, funny. Nick, and of course the co-host right after. Brandon, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I'll be very brief. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you guys for giving me the platform to come up here and say a few words about this. I do actually have to go through and actually read the entire thread because I haven't yet, although a lot of it I kind of already knew because my team and I were studying uh, what Hamilton 68 was saying about us uh, years ago. I guess my only parting words to the audience is that as kind of eye-opening and shocking as some of this is, please don't forget this has very serious consequences to people's reputations, to their lives, to their business, to their organization, to their income. And I'm not trying to put my tinfoil hat on, but I'm sitting here today asking myself, how much did this tie into the way the government has treated me in conjunction with January 6th, which the way they've handled my case is absolutely insane uh, because, uh, well, it, it's just it's nuts the way that I've been treated. Uh, the last thing I'd like to say, thank you again for having me on the space. Dr. Drew, I see you at the audience. Uh, I think you're a really good dude. If you would ever reach out to me and send me a DM, I'd love to chat sometime. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Brandon, I have a question for you. Do you feel vindicated right now? Um, no, I, I mean, I feel partially vindicated, but it's, you know, what I've had to go up against the last several years is, is a mountain that I don't think I could ever possibly climb. Uh, I, there, I, I basically just try to look for little victories that I can win. This is one, I think, but uh, if I lived five lifetimes, I'd never be able to overcome the damage that's been done to me by, by the government, by, by the media. It's, it's insurmountable. I mean, I'll, I'll never be able to recover my life to what it was before. Never. That sort of ties into Sorry, a question that, that I just received from Dr. Liza Dunn, just asking, what can we do to ensure this never happens again? I mean, and not just, you know, to right wingers, but it could happen to the left. It could happen to the right. It could happen to anybody at any any point in time. How do we make sure that Twitter, at least, doesn't do this again? Yeah, I mean, it happened to Bernie Sanders supporters, as the documents uh, reveal, right? It wasn't just right-wingers who were affected by this. Uh, Left-wingers were affected, too, and I hope they take notice. Uh, you know, I think it's very important that everybody come together on this issue, right? It's not a, a partisan issue. It's not just the right. It's it's everybody. Yeah, but Ian, it was effective, right? Because it essentially helped kill mm -hmm. left-wing populism, right? So now they only have to worry about right-wing populism. So they, they, they're benefiting from this. It's not by accident. And listen, when the CIA essentially... Their directors make quotes saying they own anything of significance in media and will know our disinfo campaign is complete when the Americans don't know anything what to believe. Right. You have to look at some of these stories and I'm not going to make it about this. But, you know, when I see all news media organizations say that elections and counting takes weeks, if not months prior to 2022, after 2020 was the first time we saw that on a national campaign, then you have to start questioning. And you have to look at what the direct documentary evidence and what they're sourcing. And the media failed significantly by just trusting this NGO and their group and not verifying their standards, the methodology and everything of that nature. So, you know, this is supposed to be the fourth estate. They're supposed to be muckrakers. They're supposed to hold, you know, truth to power and hold them accountable. And they're just an arm of, of the state. And that's a big problem. Yeah. And the, the deep state and the uniparty wins not by convincing all Americans of, of one side of a debate about Russian disinformation. The purpose of this propaganda, propaganda campaign was not to convince all Americans that Russia was interfering. It was to create confusion. And we could see, we could see that confusion in this conversation. We can see that, that you know, more questions than answers are created by the release of today's Twitter file. 
And if they can create confusion, if they can create division, um, and if they can, uh, you know, ca- wield the sword that 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 destroys people one at a time and makes a public example of them, if they stand up and ask inconvenient questions, uh, then that achieves their purpose every bit as much as convincing. Uh, the American people of, you know, this or that untruth or this or that lie. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, I think that uh, in closing, I, I would say that uh, Hamilton 68, they didn't do it. I don't agree with what they did. I think that creating a list of people uh, based on data that you don't make public is irresponsible. Uh, but at the same time, there are there are Russian influence campaigns on social media. It's proven there's been indictments. There's been 13 indictments in 2018. They're coming from other countries as well. So it's not just a Russian. Did you read the NYU study regarding Russian influence in the 2016 election? Yes, yes, I I, I did. Okay, and what did they find? They said it was minimal at best. There's evidence that that Russia is trying to influence the elections, influence American politics that, on that social media, including, including Twitter. Okay, but Brian, there's evidence of that. If they are trying to influence elections, that's one thing. But whether or not they are actually oh, yeah, no, making any sort of absolutely. impact and, and is it different. And found that they, they actually had no impact on the 2016 election. And that's important to know. But I'm just saying, when you're out there on social media, realize that other nations are having influence campaigns illegally and just note that. Uh, Nick. Yeah, but, but Jim, give us Jim, let's put into shutting down people. Yeah. Let's, let's final thoughts, Jim on the drop, you and Nick, and then we'll go to the co-hosts. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that, uh, as I said before, I think that we're looking right now at an era in American politics where uh, those intent upon shutting down certain voices for the benefit of other voices, whatever they may be and how narrowly focused or broadly focused they may be, they're able to do it. They, they're able to do that still in on our social media platforms. Twitter is a small part of a whole. Facebook and Google are not uh, being taken into account for the things that they're still doing. And the media itself, as we also found out in this thing, is is terribly biased in a way that they're not even reporting any of this. We we have a serious time right now in this country, and we're going to have to face this up in a way, or else we might not be able to recover it. I mean, this is a a problematic situation. Uh, the government is still adept at doing these things that we're reading about in the files. And and in a sense, they possibly don't care so much because the revelation's not getting anywhere. It's not getting broad coverage. It's definitely a lot of people are hearing it and it's very concerning, but it is not dominating what we're talking about right now. And that's concerning because the American people need to push back on this big so that we may maintain our freedom. And I say that not just for the benefit of people like me who fall typically on the right-hand side of the spectrum. This can be used against everybody. We see in some cases it has been. And that that is a serious threat to our freedoms in this country. And candidly, it's a serious threat to freedom all over the world because this these same methodologies can be used to meddle in other countries. Uh, Where do you think they perfected it? I mean, transparency without accountability at this point is meaningless. Nick, final thoughts? And then, by the way, I brought you up, Rick. Sure. Rick, I know I brought um, you up. Uh, we're going to DM you and organize a space where we bring you up to discuss the messages you've sent me. 
Um, so I appreciate you coming up. I know with your fa- you're with your family. So enjoy your family, and we'll have you on a, on a, on a future space because we do have a, a pretty big space coming up later today. Just want to give the audience a bit of a break, potentially two spaces. Go ahead, Nick. One of the biggest takeaways from today, I believe, is who was behind this campaign to push Twitter uh, to uh, take off these supposed Russian influencers and Russian bots. It was basically, this think tank was a Democrat operation, head by John Podesta, who was one of the top Democrat officials, who was the former chair of the Hillary Clinton campaign. So basically, based on my discussion with Taibbi as well, you're not going to convince me that these people were just stupid and oblivious to what was going on. It seems like this was very much uh, a nefarious operation where they were just trying to silence opposition. Another thing that's worth mentioning, and Ian, correct me if I'm wrong, but John Podesta's niece was also mentioned in a previous Twitter she file. Worked at Twitter. She worked at Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they're in very deep on this. I think there's going to be even more that come that that comes along later. But John Podesta was one of the authors of the original Russia hoax and the narrative that came out after Trump uh, won the election. So the fact that he is involved in this think tank that was pushing this information is very telling. Ian, Tara, by the way, there is breaking news that there uh, uh, there's a shooting in Israel. I forgot to mention it earlier. Yeah. As seven people killed in a synagogue okay. in Jeru- Jerusalem. I was going to mention it earlier, but didn't want to interrupt uh, oh. uh, Matt. That's but awful. Ian, the mic is yours. Yeah, uh, I just want to say that, you know, just because uh, foreign influence operations do happen, it's being used as an excuse to clamp down on, on American freedoms, on freedoms everywhere, on freedom, you know, on freedom of speech, right? That's the... Uh, that's the, the, the impetus. They, they, they take something that's happening on a very small scale that has zero impact and saying, oh, look, this is happening. This is a small, tiny thing. And they're saying, oh, it could be much larger and we need to protect against it. We need to safeguard against it. We're going to take away all of your freedoms in order to fight against this non-issue. They're just using it as an excuse. So, you know, just because it's happening on a small scale doesn't mean it's happening on a large scale. And they're using that as a, as a means to essentially silence everyone and to promote a single narrative. And they're using this to take down uh, populist groups on the left as well as the right. Trying to bring up Tara for the final words. Matthew, anything to add? Matthew? All right, guys. So Tara seems to have dropped and Matthew can't unmute. Um, final words on my end. Um, I think, you know, there's nothing else I can add to the drop. It was great to chat to Matt as well. Um, the Fauci files that everyone's asking about will be next week. Um, so just a heads up. next, Not next week, sorry. Next oh, next week. So in February, uh, probably, uh, I wouldn't say early. I'd say mid-February. For the Fauci files, I mean, sometime next, yeah, next yeah, month, yeah, 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 February probably, because they have to tra- uh, travel. They have to tra- travel. The researchers traveling just, down to Twitter HQ to actually review uh, the contents yeah, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we're going to do a space at 7 p.m. EST uh, regarding the Veritas uh, videos. Veritas did Project Veritas did great spaces yesterday and the day before. So we're going to focus more on the. So there's a lot of people DMing me like questioning the videos, the authenticity. Not much there. I don't think it's much, we're not going to spend much time on that. I think we're going to spend more time on what has what was said in the videos, because um, I don't think there's you know everything I've looked at. There's nothing that that makes me doubt the authenticity of pretty much anything. Um, but yeah, I would love to understand better what that means, um, you know, for the medical world. 
the directed uh, the directed uh, directed uh, evolution, which is a, the. F- oh, Matthew yeah, wants to speak. Matthew. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. What I find that, you know, when you get over the 5,000 mark and I'm trying to use my phone at the same time, the spaces technology does get a little glitchy at times. I don't know if other people are having that. No, no, it, it happens. Yeah, to, I couldn't, uh, Matt couldn't, no, yeah, Matt couldn't hear me okay, and cool. uh, I couldn't hear a few people. So yeah, you're not alone. I mean, it, it's a powerful forum and medium to just crowdsourcing engagement, ideas and discussion and debate. So it's great, but there are a few glitches that in its scaling process, I think uh, our friends over in uh, San Francisco need to work on Uh, just to, you know, heads up on the, the spaces that I know you are guys are organizing shortly. We're going to have some other PV people on, I'm going to be on. uh, And I definitely do not want to, you know, belabor the point on the veracity because we've literally probably spent now about 15 or 18 hours between the two spaces. You guys hosted in the two spaces we at PV directly hosted uh, talking about this and probability adjusting it. And by the way, still not a single word from Pfizer, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, American Hospital Association, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, not a word. I think that also increases the acceptance, the probability of this is very accurate, because if there's anything fallacious in it, they would be on it like white on rice. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this upcoming Twitter space and good job, Mario and Jim and Nick, uh, for the things you guys are doing on a daily basis. I mean, you're bringing, uh, truth and very good, veritas to the Vulgate, as St. Jerome said, which is a beautiful thing. Thank you, Matthew. And, uh, before you jump in, Mario, I, I, I do want to mention one more thing. Elon Musk just tweeted out about 25 seconds ago, uh, with his statement, an American group made false claims about Russian election interference to interfere with American elections. So. Take that as you wish. This guy, this guy doesn't hold back. All right, shout oh. out. Yeah. Sign shout up for the newsletter as well. Shout out. Pin to the top. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Tara as well, who dropped out from co-host. Uh, but yeah, appreciate you all. See you all in a few hours. Yeah. And uh, let's all have breakfast, lunch, or wherever you are in the world. Bye, everyone. Bye.